Welcome to the Mama Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gosen. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Here at the Mama Boss, we help women to launch and grow their businesses so that they can increase their income, their impact, and their legacy, make a bigger difference in this world and for their families. So give this episode a listen. We're so excited to have you with us today. Shows up just in time. Goodness. Annie, I'm so glad that we could have you on this video for the podcast and YouTube channels and all our other outlets that we have for um, posting media and doing these interviews and all this good stuff. And what I'm so excited about is you're going to talk to us today about money and the importance of money and how women handle money and just kind of everything that goes with it. Because I think for women in general, as we were talking before we went and started recording, it really is a very emotional thing, right? Yes. Money's very different for women than it is for men um, and how we look at it, how we deal with it, um, and even probably how we view our own self-worth around it, right? Yes. So I'm so excited to have you on this podcast to hopefully we can break some of this down to help women who are listening and watching to find some freedom and maybe even some joy around money. So it's not something that's constantly stressing them out. Yes. So Annie, tell us a little bit about you, what got you into um, finance, money, and all of that. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on here. It is an honor to be with you and all the mama bosses out there. Hats off to all of you. Um, it is truly, it is truly my passion to empower women around money. And I was laying in bed one night and this hit me and I'm like, okay, this is the message I got to share with, with every woman out there. And it's interesting because money is that currency, that underlying currency that connects every single aspect of our lives. We can't ignore it. It's there no matter what. So we might as well embrace it. We might as well own it. We might as well take control of it and utilize it so that it benefits us, right? And I'm going to put a disclaimer out there that I talk a lot about empowering women with money. I, it has nothing to do with men, bashing men, none of that. I love men. I'm married to one. I'm raising three of them. Um, so I completely love it. But the key is, is having the conversations and, and equipping and educating ourselves about the differences in how men and women think about money, the differences in the societal messages that are sent to women versus to men and how influential that is. And you hit right on it, how influential that is to our self-worth. Mm -hmm. and how confident we are with our financial decisions. And so it is critical to understand what are those key differences so that we can then figure out how to best navigate it, right? So I want to throw out there, it's not that men do anything wrong. It's not that women do anything wrong. It's not about right or wrong. It's not about judgment. It's not about comparison. It's about understanding the differences. And that is critical. Okay. So 
I have been um, in the traditional financial advising role for over 15 years. And in that, I, I kept asking myself, why are there differences? Why do, why do spouses argue about money so much? Why is that such a source of conflict? Why is it a source of conflict within ourselves and within that relationship? And so that kept me digging deeper. Why, why do women tend to feel three very strong emotions around money that often men don't feel? Why are there those differences? And so it's really led me to this journey and figuring out how do we better equip women? How do we take women through a different money journey so that we feel empowered with our financial decisions so that we can get to a point that we're confident investors and that we are able to grow that wealth. Um, An amazing shift that's happening is the majority of wealth in 2030, they're projecting that 66% of America's wealth will be controlled by women. Which I think is fantastic because right now, I think, I think I told you this the other day, but right now, as of 2019, of all the small businesses that were started throughout the U.S., 70% are founded by women, 30% by men. So we are feeling this empowerment, but I think, I mean, hold on, hang with me for a second. <laughs> so you look at the earning gap, right, between men and women. I'm sure that part of that has to do with like societal norms, but I think part of it also has to do with what women are accepting and what we've been conditioned to accept. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so much of it ties back to our belief in self-worth. So this idea that our net worth is tied to our Mm self-worth and in no other time in history, Have we seen those statistics where women are business owners, where women are being in a position to control more of the wealth? Never Mm -hmm. in history, okay? So yes, it's a beautiful opportunity, but what are we doing with it, right? What are we doing when we are now in control of that wealth? Well, unfortunately, often we're delegating it to our spouses. We're giving that control up because we have never been taught and equipped how to handle it, how to manage it, how to think about it, right? And we've actually been given this message. You go back to the days of king and queens, right? Women were not in control of the money. If we received an inheritance, it was given to our husbands. If we received any type of money, it was given to a male. And again, nothing wrong with the, the men, right? It's just historically, it has, we have never been taught and empowered that we can make really great financial decisions, that we actually have a very inspirational way that we think about money. So there's three very specific differences and core um, hierarchy of needs, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And often women get stuck in the foundational stage. And the three stages are this foundational stage, and I 
I talk about the four S's and we'll jump into that in a second. So this foundational, and once we're secure, once we're confident in that foundation, then we can move to growing, to growth, right? So we grow our wealth and that's where the investments, dividends, interest, all of that comes into play. Well, traditionally, the way men think about money, they immediately go to growth. They often just skip past that foundational piece. So they immediately go to growth. How do we grow our money? How do we grow our income? All the financial articles you read, financial websites, you sit down with traditional financial advisors, and they immediately go to, how do we grow your money? How do we grow your wealth? right? Mm -hmm. Women do not go there first. Women go to that foundation first. And we are not comfortable going to that growth stage until we have our foundation in place. Okay. Mm -hmm. And our foundation is the four S's. Stability, so important. Women need to feel that, that stability. Safety, right? Women... Mm -hmm don't look at investments and taking that risk until we have our cash reserves tucked aside, right? Shelter, our home. We often think about, okay, we got to make sure that our home is secure. So that's the fourth one, security. So critical. We got to make sure that this foundation is taken care of and that we're in a good financial position that if something happens, our foundation doesn't fall apart. Absolutely. In society, that's not as exciting, right? As talking about investments. That foundation doesn't sell out there, right? No. So often, because women immediately think about those four S's and laying that foundation, they we don't go to that next phase for a very long time. Because we doubt ourselves. We continue that that questioning and the self-doubt, do I have enough? Am I secure enough? Am I, are we safe enough? Is the shelter taken care of? A lot of times women don't want to invest until their home mortgage is paid off, right? Mm -hmm. And men are like, heck no, let's mortgage it and let's start investing. Mm -hmm. They immediately jump to that level of risk, which is why for all those mama bosses out there who are navigating with a significant other, with that spouse, who may want to take and invest money instead of pay off debt, who may want to take your emergency reserve when the market's going all over the place and invest it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a source of conflict. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge believer that um, paying off debt is just another way to invest money because it's interest that you're not paying, right? Mm -hmm. And you're probably, the chances are you're paying more interest, especially in this market, you're paying more interest than you're getting back on that money. So potentially, yeah. And the interesting thing is, is often we do go to the number crunching, right? But the challenge and why the communication gap happens between spouses is because it really isn't about the numbers right? It's about the woman feeling secure and safe and the man feeling like they're missing out on opportunities to grow their wealth, right? So when we have those fundamental differences in our desire and our needs, 
you could number crunch all day long, right? You could number crunch for both of those sides all day long. But at the end of the day, the numbers aren't what makes our decisions, right? It is our emotions. And this idea that we should separate our emotions from our money is such a false statement, right? Because money is just a tool. The question is, what are we doing with that tool? Mm-hmm. And we can't separate our emotions, nor should we. We should just understand them better. So if we understand our emotions better and the source of it and why we feel that way and we communicate about it, then you can be on the same page. Then you can honor and respect one another and understand, oh, now I know why my wife really wants us to pay off that debt. Oh, now I understand why emergency reserves to her is so important. Mm -hmm. And for us women to understand that men have this strong calling and this desire to grow, to not miss out on opportunities for their wealth. And they tie their self-worth to that growth potential. Yes. Very distinct differences there. And once we can verbalize it, once we can, can identify it, then we can communicate about it. Then we can get on the same page, right? And it's a night and day difference um, in the arguments and the planning and how you decide, how you prioritize how your money is going to be saved or invested or paying down debt because you start to understand where each other's coming from. Very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are so many things that you just threw out there that I'm like, we got to unpack some stuff. Girl. <laughs> right. um, there's so much there. There's so, so much. So I'm, I want to start with um, just kind of relating this back to my own life, watching my mom and dad, right? And even my grandparents. So my dad, he was an entrepreneur. He was growing his empire. Um, He continues to grow his empire, though he's trying to get out, but (laughs) he's trying to sell it. Um, But he was growing his empire, and he always kept my mom on the payroll for grocery money or anything that she really had. Um, And so growing up, and he was always putting money aside for us kids and, you know, just kind of, he was, he was managing the game as it were. Right. And that's exactly in his mind, how he sees money is it's solely a game for women. It's, it's not a game. It's life and death, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It absolutely, it is, it is survival, which is, which is an interesting Interesting thing if you like evaluate how throughout history women have been tied to men somehow for their survival, right? Whether it was kings and queens, you know, there was a king. Without the king, the queen had no power unless it was an extenuating circumstance um, and there was no male heir. Or you can even look at like, say, in wars. You look at war, spare the women and children, take out the men. And so as women, we've always kind of been, I guess, the more vulnerable sex. 
in a communal mind, right? And so it's also, I think probably the way women look at money comes from this place of I'm vulnerable. I must be protected first. Yes. Right. Yes. Which is interesting to look at that. So like referring back to my parents, when they divorced, my dad continued to play the money game. He still plays the money game. And my mom just grabbed it all tight, you know, and, and she spent some of it to, you know, enjoy bits of her life and, and to also kind of stick it to my dad a little bit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of women out there that are smiling right now. They're like, I can relate to that. Yep. Um, but it's interesting to even see now they've been divorced for 15 years and my dad's still playing the game and my mom's still hanging on to everything like a squirrel foraging for winter. Yes. And I think us as women, and I can, it's funny as I'm like hearing you talk about this, I'm thinking of myself with money and I can be a bit neurotic when it comes to it, you know, cause we work hard for it, but it's like, we spent, I don't know about you, but I spend nothing. Yep. Some women, they, they're like, they want to glam up. They want to spend all the, they want to spend their money on all the nice things. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, we don't do, we don't do debt. We don't do, um, expensive things, you know, everything, even the nice things we do on a budget, you know, yep. whether it's travel or otherwise. And so it's interesting how we're talking about it this way. And I'm like breaking it down in my mind, like, yeah, <laughs> see it. I see it. It's incredible. So do you think, so obviously where we are as women, we need to acknowledge where we are because it is a very being, having a more vulnerable relationship with money also creates a more scarcity mindset with money. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes, absolutely. Scarcity is definitely ingrained and it's, and it's a deep-rooted um, emotion in both men and women. The difference is it comes out differently in our lives. We seek to the foundation, right? So when we get in that scarcity mode, we want to, like you said, hold on tight, you know, hold on to that money, squirrel it away. Um, where men, it often comes out where they actually take more risk to a degree that is not a healthy level risk. It's not a calculated risk. And so it's like when that scarcity or fear, worry, stress kind of kicks in, we go to the two natural extremes, right? So naturally a guy focus on the growth of the money and focusing on the, mo- on the money itself, right? So they take it to the extreme and take way too much unnecessary risk, okay? where women go the complete opposite and start to save and um, hold on to it even more. They want more emergency reserves. They want to you know, start selling stuff and go into that scarcity mentality. So recognizing when we are making our financial decisions from a place of scarcity versus abundance, your decisions will look different, right? And so the key is one of the first most important steps is understanding what is that vision you want to have? What does 
healthy money look like? What does your healthy money relationship feel like? Because once we can have clarity on it, then we know whether we're, it's a good checks and balance. We then know whether we're coming from that place of scarcity and we can kind of keep ourselves in check or whether we're making that decision from a place of abundance. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how um, when we go to talk about money, if one spouse is coming from a place of abundance and one is stuck in scarcity, that communication is like two ships going completely different directions, right? And so it's really important to be able to recognize, okay, are we making these decisions from a place of scarcity and fear and worry? And people right now, especially right now, are feeling that. And the, how do we go from that scarcity to abundance mentality? A lot of times having that clarity on what a healthy money lifestyle, what healthy money relationship looks and feels like allows us to be able to say, oh, we're letting go of that scarcity. Here's what we need to focus on that comes from a place of abundance. Um, Very powerful. Absolutely. Where do you recommend people start when it comes to figuring out what a healthy relationship with money looks like? Because I think for a lot of people, they hear that and they go, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> right. Where do, you, where do you even begin? Yes. Good, good question. So often, uh, so I put together a healthy money lifestyle audit exactly for that. That is the number one question I always get is where do I even start? I don't even know whether a thought is a good healthy money thought. I don't know what my relationship is. So I put together an audit that's a series of questions to help us take inventory on that. Where do we fall along the line of abundance and scarcity? Where do we, where do we have some gaps potentially that we really need to start working on? And it really narrows it down to be able to say, okay, that's what I need to focus on. I am coming from a place of scarcity And then what are the tools to work on that one particular piece? Because what I find is that it can be so overwhelming for most women and men, but so overwhelming where it's like, gosh, do I struggle with self-worth? I don't know. Do I struggle with abundance and scarcity? I don't know. And each one of those is intertwined, but how we address it is can be very different. Um, So a lot of times just taking inventory on where do we, where do we stress the most about our money? When we hear the word money, what are our thoughts, right? Do we go to a place? So this is a quick, easy exercise for women to figure out where they are with that. Okay. So when you hear the word money, Mm -hmm. Write down every thought, phrase, everything that comes to mind. No filtering, no judging yourself, nothing. Just write it out. And then you look at that list and the next question is, are those phrases, those words, those feelings, are they healthy and helpful? 
or are they unhealthy and hurtful? And you know it, right? Like if guilt and shame and stress and anxiety all come out, we know those aren't helpful. We know those are hurtful, right? If you use words like empowered, excited, you know, a, a resource, a helpful tool, those are now on the helpful side, right? So mm -hmm. we just need to quickly take inventory. Where are we right now with our, our money beliefs, our thoughts around money? And that'll reveal to you whether or not we're coming from a place of scarcity or we're coming from a place of abundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good stuff. That's really good stuff. And it's, I think you can even look at like the sales side of things in business, right? And women in business or just yes. people in general. Um, I was actually, I was having a conversation with one of my sons a couple of weeks ago in regards to money. And uh, he's 20 years old. He's making pretty, pretty decent cash right now, um, building bridges. And um, he's, he's enjoying it. He's, but he's also like, he's riding that hog. You know what I mean? Like he's spending it faster than he gets it and he has no expense. And I told him, I said, you need to get, you need to address like this fear of having money that you have because you're literally like, you get it, you give it away. Yes. And I think so many people in general, like women, men, or otherwise, they get it and give it away because they're like, somehow either subconsciously or, or consciously, it's like, I got to get rid of it. It's a bad thing. I don't want to hang on to this. It's a bad thing. Money is bad. You know, it's, you take it back to, you know, money is the root of all evil. That, that word, that common. people, people hang on to it. They don't worry about the words that come after it. Like, let's just look at this. Okay. Whole nother topic for another day, I suppose. Right, right. Perfect topic for today. But looking at that and going, okay, um, if, if money's the root of all evil, I don't want to be evil. So I'm going to get rid of that shit. It doesn't matter how much I'm right. Yep. Um, so really even looking at those like subconscious patterns of like, whether it's under earning and whether we're not making those sales because we're afraid to ask for it. Because if we ask for money, if we ask for what we're worth, if we ask for what our services or products are worth, we're bad. We're bad people. Nobody wants to be a bad person. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's a beautiful thing that you bring that up because we really do have to evaluate because if we have a shitty, shitty attitude about money um, or mindset, we will consistently under earn and always feel like we're spinning our wheels. Yes. Yes. And it's our, our money beliefs are often like you're talking about deep rooted in our childhood, right? And our upbringing and the message around money that we've been told and what we see, how we see the dynamics between our, you know, whether it's our parents or grandparents or whoever raised us, right? How they fought about money or were they a team? Like we learn our own, we draw our own money beliefs and our own conclusions from all of that. And it's often from the lens of a young child who doesn't, who can't process the emotions on their own, who's learning all of that, but then we associate it 
with the with the dollar bill. We associate that that friction when we see our parents fighting. We associate it with money. When we doubt ourselves, um, the three most powerful influential money beliefs. You hit on one of them for sure. And the interesting thing is, is the actual um, biblical saying is the love of money is the root of all evil, right? And so it's interesting how just that one um, belief is so widespread and so influential, right? And the other one for women is often, and you see it in all the fairy tales on everything is a man will rescue you. A man will come and take care of you. And again, nothing wrong with the men. And that unfortunately puts a lot of pressure on men as well, that they need to rescue their women and they need to take care of their wives. But that doesn't look like traditionally how we've been taught, right? Empowering each other is taking care of each other, right? Um, between my husband and I, we have complete role reversals of society. When we had our twins, my husband retired from teaching. He was in a teaching position, very traditionally female dominated. So most people assumed that he was the financial advisor and I was the teacher. I've been there, girl. We used to laugh at that all the time. He'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, talk to her about the money. Don't talk to me, (laughs) like, "Uh uh-uh. And so when we had our twins, number three and four, he retired from teaching and he now stays at home with them. And we live on some acreage, so they're little homesteaders and they do a phenomenal job. He does a great job, but man, the judgment he gets for being a stay-at-home dad, it's crazy. Just like the judgment often that us women get for being mama bosses, right? For being entrepreneurs, for making the money. What? You must not be a great mom. Or what's wrong with your husband? Or what's right. Right. Exactly. That judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And so um, it's interesting that this conversation's led here because this morning during my gratitude journaling, I really kept asking myself, what is a powerful message that I want to send to those mama bosses through Sarah, through this opportunity? And shame came up. Shame. Women, women are drowning and hiding because of shame. And shame is a tricky one. Okay. Shame is very tricky. Uh, Brene Brown does a great job about talking about shame and vulnerability, right? Um, It's tricky because often it's hidden as guilt and embarrassment. Mm. around our money, right? We often feel guilty. We spend, we spend a little money on ourselves, which we rarely do. And then we feel guilty about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, we often find ourselves feeling guilty about doing work and not being with our children. When we're with our children, we feel guilty for not doing work. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So those three powerful emotions go hand in hand. They hang out with each other all the time. But often when we dig deep with our emotions around money, shame is that underlying influencer. And what shame really is, is this accumulation of 
the pain and the constant reminder of our self-worth or lack of self-worth, right? So what happens is, and, and you can recognize it. So one thing a lot of people are like, no, I'm not, I don't feel that shame around money. That's, it's definitely guilt or embarrassment. I'm embarrassed that I have credit cards. So embarrassment is really around worried about what other people's are going to, other people are going to judge about us. Right. And so we're embarrassed in that moment that something happened and now we're being judged by that person. It's usually a fleeting moment in that moment we're embarrassed. Okay. We move on. Shame goes with you. Shame is what we identify as ourselves. So where that comes up in money a lot is I am statements. So I am a failure when it comes to money. I am terrible at money decisions. I'm a terrible investor. I am, right? So we're taking that on and we're beating ourselves down instead of separating our actions, our money choices are an action. That's not who we are. Mm -hmm. But shame hides that and it connects it with the money piece. So then every time we maybe make the wrong, just a tiny wrong decision with our money, we immediately feel the shame. We immediately beat up on ourselves and we immediately go to, oh, I can't do the money. I need my husband to do this. I owe some risk in the investments. I'm a terrible investor. So then we, because we don't want to be terrible at anything, right? We don't want to feel that shame. So we move it aside. We try to ignore it. We give that responsibility to someone else. But I'm telling you, mama bosses, you guys are capable. You just haven't been given the right tools. You haven't been taught how to embrace how wonderful you are with managing your finances. The gifts of how you think about money is amazing for your family, for your communities. When women are empowered with their money and we shed that shame, we get that out of our lives, what happens? Businesses are started. Nonprofits are started and funded. Communities are changed. Families are changed. People are taken care of countries change in these third world countries where women are being empowered with money with that one cow with that one business wells are being built communities kids are being fed education's being provided when we are empowered the third step is impact we want to have impact we want to have positive influence on ourselves, on our families, on our communities, and on this world. But if we are stuck in shame, if we are being held back because we can't move past that foundation with our money to grow it and then to grow it for a greater impact, then we're never going to be able to shine like we need to. And that is where most women feel like they can't do it or feel embarrassed about their financial picture or feel like they can't talk about it or they don't know how to do it. Okay. But we need to understand that we have to figure out how to let go of that deep rooted shame. Oh and I'm one, 
I'm one to suffer from that. I mean, I know this so well because I was there. I was there and it don't, it, I went through some deep exercises and found that when I was 10 years old and often shame starts in, that's why it's so deep rooted. It starts in our belief when we're very young. And I remember I was 10 years old standing in the grocery line with my mom and I could tell she's, she was always, when we were at the grocery store, she was always stressed and you could tell it worried her and we'd rush through and it was never a great experience. I could always feel, I always felt like we were doing something wrong at the grocery store. I always wondered like, huh, are we stealing stuff because something's wrong? And one day I asked her, why is it that we drive five towns away we drive past lots of grocery stores to come to this particular grocery store. And she kind of sidestepped it, wasn't sure how to answer that. And as I'm asking this, I'm noticing that she's trying to slyly like slide over what kind of looked like paper money. And at the time, oh, Sarah, I've actually never, <clears throat> I've never actually shared this story um, in a public platform before I kind of started getting choked up there. Um, so if it's okay, I'm going to go deep and vulnerable with all you ladies here. So she slides it over and I could just see in her whole body language and just her hiding, like she felt, I could feel her hiding. And I realized it almost looked like monopoly money. And then I learned that at the time, they called them food stamps, right? At the time, we were on food stamps and they printed paper um, food stamps and that's how you paid. And at the time, I wasn't aware of that. I knew we were poor. I knew we you know, weren't in this place of abundance financially, but man, did I connect the shame and the embarrassment and the guilt that my mom felt Every time we went to the grocery store, every time money came up, it was that source of shame, right? And the lack of control that she constantly felt around it. And that deep root, I mean, that was a deep root in me. And I didn't realize it until later in life. And as I started this money journey, how much that held me back, and once I was able to identify, wow, I do have a lot of shame around money. And then I set on this journey of how do we, how do we shed that shame? How do we get that out of our lives? Because as soon as we can let that go, we can then start to heal. We can then start to envision what a healthy money lifestyle would feel and look like. So <laughs> Girl, I've got... I've had goosebumps literally for like the last 10 minutes of you talking. That's like, you speak into me, girl. You speak <laughs> into me. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I know how terrifying it is to get vulnerable um, in front of other people. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's, but what's interesting though about your story is it's not, it's not an uncommon one. Not at all. Not at all. And so often it 
it is the common one. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much, and, and I do the exercises with men as well, spouses, and it's deep rooted in men as well. I mean, that is just a deep rooted emotion, especially, and it comes out through the relationship with money. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a powerful influencer. Oh man. Well, and it's interesting a few minutes ago before you were talking about your story, one of the things I was thinking as you were talking is, is like, this goes beyond a money mindset, right? We hear so much about, you need to shift your money mindset. You need to have a different money mindset. Like this goes above and beyond mindset. And it's, it's deeper than that. It's like at a gut visceral level. Yes. And, and in many cases, I would, I would argue it perhaps is a DNA level issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a lot to unpack. And that's why it has such a strong hold on us, right? It's not about, you know, oh, if I just think I'm, I don't have shame, if I just think it, we need to fully understand it first. And where does that root start? Where does it come from? Because then when I could identify, wow, that is where that came from then I could start to separate myself from that situation, right? From my upbringing. I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm not that 10-year-old, right? But we can't heal something. We can't start to shift it until we know what it is. Yeah. Right? I work a lot with physicians and we talk a lot about that. Like until you know a patient's diagnosis, <laughs> You can't prescribe. You can't start a treatment until you know. And that shame is one of them that you must know that deep-rooted first to start to heal from it. Um, yeah. And that can feel like a really scary, it can feel like a really scary thing to um, embark upon is just that journey of self-discovery. Um, because it also means you have to, you have to address some demons you didn't know you had. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who wants to do that, right? <laughs> and the interesting thing and why I started money empowerment coaching versus traditional financial planning is traditional financial planning is all numbers-based analysis, all head here, Right. Money empowerment is connecting our vision and connecting what I call our confidence formula. And the confidence formula is understanding four critical things. So having clarity and understanding your soulful why. What drives us? What's that bigger purpose? We talk about it a lot in business, right? What's your purpose? What's that bigger why for your business? Well, I'd like you to understand what's that bigger soulful why for yourself? What is it for your life? And then the key to it is making sure that you're lining up your finances with it, right? So the four, soulful why, your money beliefs, like we talked about, what are those money beliefs? If you believe that all rich people are bad, guess what? You're never going to be <laughs> successful. <laughs> If you believe the root of all evil is money, you're never going to want money, right? So we have to align those money beliefs. And then we have to align them with your core life values, 
right? What's that compass? So what's our why? What are our beliefs? What are our values? So when we can be completely in alignment with those, and then we throw in the fourth, which are actions, meaningful actions to support it. Let's bring it from a dream to reality. When we can line up with those four things, watch out. That is where the confidence comes from. That's where the conviction comes from. That's where we stop caring about what everyone thinks. That's, what, that's when we start to shed that shame because we are so confident in our alignment in those four areas that we don't care what anyone else says or judges or does because we know that we are focused on what is true to ourselves with our values, what's in line with our money beliefs, and what is absolutely that bigger purpose beyond ourselves. And then we figure out the action steps to make that happen. So that's a confidence formula. So that, that is a powerful place to start. And then, of course, the third, your cash flow strategy. You have to know how your money is supporting your confidence formula, how it's supporting your why, and how it's supporting your actions that you're taking. And once you're in complete alignment with that, watch out. You're going to be unstoppable. And that's oh. where we start to heal. So often we don't heal from, from focusing all on the past, right? We just want to honor it and respect it. Ah, oh, that's where it's coming from. Huh, okay, that's not helpful to me anymore. But now I understand where that root is coming from, where that shame and guilt and worry is coming from. Mm -hmm. But where healing comes from is creating that healthy money lifestyle, focusing on what you do want, focusing mm -hmm. on that vision of the lifestyle you want to create, and then making sure that you've got those four in the confidence formula lined up, and then your money flow supporting it. Voila! That's the money journey for women. That is the new financial plan for women. I just love it. I love it. And what I love about how you just talked about that. So a lot of people in the financial empowerment space, they take it somewhere a little more loosey goosey, fluffy, duffy sort of place, which just infuriates me to know what, <laughs> or I'm just like, come on. Like, just talk real English to me, would you please? Right. And what I love about this conversation and the things you're talking about is you make it all very concrete. Like, it's not this airy-fairy sort of thing. Like, you're like, yes, alignment is important, but these are the things, these are the four things that you have to have. Action being the last one. I love that you talked about action because so many people, they'll cover the first three and never get to action. Right. Right. And then what? Like, What's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, so I, I, I fixed that, but you didn't really, right? Because then you actually have to practice it. So yeah. I really appreciate how through this conversation, you've taken it from not just an emotional level, but a concrete tactical level as well for the ladies listening or watching wherever they are right now. Um, God. Annie, how do people not know more about you? Holy cow. I can just feel your energy and passion through the screen. It's pretty dang incredible. And I thank you so much for sharing that with us. Where can people get in contact with you? 
How can they find out more? So um, I am actually revamping my website, but it'll be back up soon. And that's anniebookcoaching.com. Um, and I kind of mentioned earlier something that I've put together and I have it out there free for women um, is the healthy money audit, right? And yeah. that is a great tool like you're talking about, you know, yeah, we can talk emotions and these ideas and everything, but where the heck do I start? What do I do, right? What's something tangible that I can do right away? And so that audit um, really is that first tool. If you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, that was a lot. I don't even know what to do. Go to healthymoneyaudit.com. Download that. It will help you. It takes a few minutes. Answer the questions and answer them honestly. No one's judging you. You would never even have to show a human being this right? So be truly honest with yourself. And in there, I included with each score in the different sections, an helpful tip, an action step that you can take right away in that area of improvement or in that area of reflection so that you can start making the changes. So you can take action like you're talking about, Sarah, that's so important that we figure out, yes, where do we need to maybe start? But we have to actually take a step, right? So starting there is a great, um, a great place. So it's healthymoneyaudit.com. Healthymoneyaudit.com. Awesome. And then you're also on Facebook. Are you on Instagram too? Yep. Yep. So all the all the fun places. I have to admit, I am not the most uh, amazing social media person, um, but we're working on that. We're working on that. So yeah, Facebook at Annie Book Coaching, um, Instagram, all that. So yeah. And, and last question. Last question. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yes. What's your favorite part about being a mama boss? Oh man, mama bosses. We're amazing, aren't we? Um, Truly, I, so I have a set of twins. I've got four, they're all under eight. Um, and so busy, busy. Um, they were all um, surprises. I was never, I, I had zero intention of ever being a mom. I actually believed that I would be the worst mother on the face of this earth until I had them. And then, you know, we figure it out, right? We do. So, yeah. so for me, I, the best thing ever being a mama boss is when you leave, you go to work and you come home. And for me, all four of them come running and the big hugs and the love. I mean, there is nothing more that fills my heart and soul than to see the joy when we re reunite every day. Um, often it's hard saying goodbye, but I always think about, wow, I love that coming home. Even if there's meltdowns happening, cause there, that happens often too. All the time. All yeah. the time. Right. But I, <laughs> I love that. Like to me, I hang on to that where mom, you're home and they all come running and it's the best. So that is the best. That is the best. Oh, I'm so glad that we had you on the show. I cannot wait to get it out there so people can start listening to it. Well, you, you are, are amazing. The, oh. the 
the work you're doing, the podcast, the messages. I love how you're so authentic and you're real and you tell it like it is and you share your truth, which is what we need as women. We need to, especially mama bosses, right? We need to know that we're all in this together. It's all a long journey and you helping to give the tips and tools and balancing and congratulations on finishing your course. I'm signed up. I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, Good. Amazing. Amazing. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much again for popping on here. You're such a treasure and I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. Oh my gosh. Thank oh my you. gosh. You're wonderful. You're thank you. Thank you. You're Awesome. Take care out there, mama bosses. Hey there, mama boss. I'm so glad you're on this podcast and you keep showing up, you keep listening and you believe in yourself. You believe in your message. You believe in your vision and you believe in your mission. But what's happening for a lot of women right now is home can feel really challenging because we're at home, we're working from home, we're growing our businesses from home, we're raising our children, we are homeschooling our children. And now that you know we're at home all the time, we have to figure out how to make this whole working and mom and thing work more than ever. And I know for a lot of us, before this quarantine, before COVID, a lot of us were even struggling to figure it out as far as like, what does balance look like? What does my life as an ambitious woman look like so that I can have success and I can have the career and I can have love and my family know that they can count on me. And ladies, I get it. I totally know where you are. Back in 2015, I, um, I was experiencing some serious, serious struggle personally. My business was more successful than it, than it had ever been, but I was working 18 hours a day. So I wasn't seeing my kids. My husband and I were fighting all the time and things in my life just weren't working. My business was working, but I was miserable. And I remember one day turning to my husband and I told him, if this is what success feels like, I want no part in it. And so I went through this process of getting clear on what success was for me, on creating systems and structures that served me um, so my business could serve me, not so I would serve my business. And what's interesting about the time we are in right now with coronavirus um, and homeschooling and all of that, still growing our businesses, is we have the choice where we can either roll over and quit, or we can keep pushing forward. But sometimes to push forward, we need a little help. And so what I've done is I created a course. It's called the Mama Boss Sanity Saver Course. It's designed to be a six-week course, but I haven't dripped out the content. So you can consume it as quickly as you want to so that you can find relief as quickly as you want to. Um, and through this, you're going to discover the things in your life that are robbing you of your time, attention, and focus. And you know what? It's probably not your kids or your spouse. You'll discover the things you should be doing, the areas to get help, and the things you can do or the things you can toss out 
like last week's garbage. You'll also find a way to reduce stress, anxiety, and overwhelm almost instantly. And this, honestly, the reducing stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, this whole system that I introduce you to and that I give you has completely saved my life in the last five years. And I know it will help you as well. So if you are wanting to get access to this free course, it's going to be free for the next 90 days. And all I ask is if you love it, share it with your other mama boss friends because we're not okay, girls. We are not okay. So to get access to the Mama Boss Sanity Saver free course for the next 90 days, I just need you to go to themamabosscoaching.com slash sanity saver giveaway opt-in. You can also find the link in the show notes and um, access it from there. As soon as you put in your information, I'm going to email you your login credentials so you can get to the information as quickly as possible and you can get through it as quickly as you need to. And just remember, girls, ladies, badasses, mama bosses, that you got this. Right now may be hard, but what we can do with the Mama Boss Sanity Saver course is also set a foundation for years to come where you're not struggling like you are today. So enjoy the course. Click the link in the in the notes, in the show notes, or you can also go to themamabosscoaching.com slash sanity saver giveaway opt-in. And I hope you enjoy it. And like I said, to say thank you, just share it with your other, all your other Mama Boss friends. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Mama Boss podcast today. We were so excited to have you with us. If this podcast was valuable to you, make sure that you write us a review, subscribe, and share it with friends. It's how we grow the podcast and how we help more women just like you to increase their income, impact, and legacy in this world. And as always, keep it classy, sassy, and super badassy. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.